This is In the Studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepard, and today, as always, we're coming to you from beautiful Franklin, Tennessee, where Michael and his family make their home. This is community for Michael, and that's what we learn about on the program here as we study the scriptures together. We're going to be focusing on parables and prayers today. Later on, we'll be joined by conversation partner Bob Bakke. Dr. Bob Bakke talks to us and actually leads us in a mini concert of prayer on today's program. Reading from Luke chapter 8 and verse 4. One day Jesus told this story to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. This seed began to grow, but soon it withered and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns it shot up and choked out the tender blades. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop 100 times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what the story meant. He replied, You have been permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. But I am using these stories to conceal everything about it from outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. They see what I do, but they don't really see. They hear what I say, but they don't understand. This is the meaning of the story. The seed is God's message. The seed that fell on the hard path represents those who hear the message. But then the devil comes out and steals it away and prevents them from believing and being saved. The rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blow. The thorny ground represents those who hear and accept the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. But the good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's message, cling to it, and steadily produce a huge harvest. Of course, the parable of the seed and the soil there in Luke chapter 8. But Michael, why the banjo? You've been sitting there playing that banjo so beautifully here while I read. Well, I thought it was nice background for that um that parable, it's very sort of uh, agrarian sort yeah. of a sound, and it's the parable of the sower. Oh, okay. That's part of the creativity, I guess, that comes out once in a while. I hope I hope it's <laughs> creative. Uh, I've got a parable, a banjo parable, actually, uh, if you're interested. Well, you've got something right there. You're going to do it for us right now? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm playing a minor tune, minorly tuned banjo, right? Okay. A minor key. If you say so. I yeah, don't know the is. first thing it about is. it. Well, hear how sad that is. That's sad. You're right. Okay. What I wanted to demonstrate was that a major uplifting melody can be played on an instrument that's tuned to a minor key. Hmm. And if you think about the parable of yeah. it. How can these things be? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our life. We're handed a minor instrument, mm-hmm. uh, a fallen world, where all the melodies that we hear are sad melodies. Hmm. And I think what God calls us to do as believers is to is to infuse his joy into uh, the melodies of our life. So okay, so you can represent that uh, musically it, in the banjo. Yeah, it, and the, here's the point. If I can play a major uh, melody on a minor instrument, okay. that maybe uh, there's a there's hope for us. Okay. So there it is. Ready? The fastest fingers in Tennessee there today. <laughs> not, not exactly, but it, see, it can be done. Huh. Uh, a minor instrument can produce a major melody. Okay. Do you have a name for that piece? The banjo paradox or not something? Not yet. Not, <laughs> that, maybe that's the, the banjo parable. There you go. The paradoxical paradox. Okay. Well, I'll let you set that instrument down. You've been playing that for a long time. Is that the first thing you ever learned to play was the banjo? It is. Um, I grew up in Nashville and... Uh, 
one of my father's patients was Earl Scruggs, the banjo player. So one of the first instruments I picked up was banjo. But then I uh, I, I yielded to peer pressure and quit playing because uh, in Christian music circles, the banjo is not a cool instrument. And uh, Hey, it's okay by me. Well, large, largely because of Bela Fleck and his last couple of records, I realized uh, the banjo can be a very cool instrument. Well, it's fun to talk about the banjo today, but uh, we love to talk about the Word of God. Later, yes. Dr. Bob Bakke and some of our friends from the Empty Hands Fellowship mm-hmm. are going to join us in the studio for a time of prayer today. A concert of prayer. What yeah, a wonderful yeah. idea. But thinking about parables, I mean, we heard uh, this uh, this wonderful parable that Jesus told. I mean, he, he told it almost, I don't know what better word, with such flair. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's so meaningful. And he explained it so carefully to his mm-hmm. disciples. And that's unusual because uh, this is one of the few parables that Jesus explains. Usually he'll just leave. Right. Uh, leave the, them wondering kind of. Leave them wondering yeah. and leave them in sort of their own freedom to realize what he was saying on their own. But uh, his disciples, who seem to be uh, as as sort of dim as anybody in the crowd. <laughs> to put it kindly. <laughs> they take him aside and they say, uh, you need to explain this to us. So he says, this is the meaning of the story. So yeah. I mean, he actually says, okay, here it is. Yeah. Uh, but I think what's important to see is that even before Jesus tells the parable, uh, and the parable is about the man who's sowing the seed, and the seed is the word, and the, the various ground represents uh, the different hearts of people who hear it. Uh, before Jesus would even tell a story about it, he is going to incarnate it in his own life. And what does verse 1 of chapter 8 say? What's Jesus doing? Look, after this, Jesus traveled about from one city and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is out there sowing like the sower in the mm-hmm, parable mm-hmm. before he ever tells a story. Mm-hmm. And I think if anybody gets it, it's because they've seen Jesus. Hmm. It's a wonderful example of how parables need to be lived out in your own life. What about a statement, I am using these stories to conceal everything about it from outsiders? Well, that's an interesting, uh, that's Isaiah 6, 9. Though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, uh, they may not understand. And what people need to understand is that is a prophecy. Uh, Isaiah utters this prophecy. uh, It's regard to a people that he has reached out to again and again and again, and people who have insisted on shutting themselves out from the kingdom of not listening. And the result of shutting God out is that you end up in this situation of uh, you can see, but you can't really see. You can hear, but you can't really hear. Of course, this is a major theme in the Gospels, this upside down way of looking at life. I mean, upside down to us, right side up as viewed by God, but the paradoxical nature of the scriptures. When Jesus prefaced it, I think when he said, uh, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the truth is a lot of people have ears, but they won't hear. Mm. And I think that's the passage uh, from Isaiah, those seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they they will not understand, they may not understand, but they refuse not to understand. Mm. Well, what else do you see in this parable that uh, would bring meaning to it for us, unlock uh, the power of it for us? Well, I think it's it's an important parable because every one of the synoptics have it. Uh, you know, it's one that uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all chose. It's a parable about how the kingdom of God grows. It's, it's spread out. It's presented to a whole host of different sorts of people. And because of the condition of their hearts, people respond or they seem to respond and receive it. And, and in the end, they don't really because the, the seed springs up and then it dies away. Can't you just imagine Jesus stooping down and, and clutching some of the, the soil, letting it fall from his fingers as he talks? That would be very much in line with the way he taught because he always referred to some physical object. And actually, when he tells this story, he's in an area of Palestine that has uh, plowable fields. So when he says, look, the, the fields are white to harvest, hmm. uh, he's probably pointing to fields. Mm-hmm. When he's uh, with the woman at the well, he talks about wells and springs of water. Mm-hmm. When he's standing on the mountain, he'll say, you can say to this mountain, be thrown into the sea. So he loves to refer to things that are close by. I can even imagine uh, a farmer out in the field and Jesus mm-hmm. pointing to him and say, look, mm-hmm. the sower goes out. A lot of people think that this is a foolish farmer, too, because what sort of farmer would, would throw seed, perfectly good seed, on rocky soil? And what Dr. Lane always loved to point out to us is that in the ancient world, uh, the, the sowing of the seed happened first, and then they would plow the ground. Oh. So that's, that's an interesting yeah. uh, a l- bit of background that makes the parable, I think, come to life. Well, Mike, I suppose the meaning of this is obvious to us. You know, our lives... Uh 
are represented here by these uh, various kinds of soil? You know, what kind of ground do, are we providing for the Word of God to be sown into us? Well, I, I think it's an encouragement uh, and, and it's a warning. It's an encouragement uh, to see that God's will is done. His His seed goes out, and it can go into ground that uh, you would not think would be fertile ground. I mean, some people's lives, uh, the Lord has impacted. You would look at their life, and you would think, you know, gee, the gospel is never going to prosper in that person's life. Mm-hmm. So it's a very encouraging uh, parable. But at the same time, like Jesus' parables, it's 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 a warning. Uh, he he warns about. Uh, uh, worry, life's worries. He warns about riches and pleasures uh, choking the seed out so that the seed uh, can't mature. But the good soil uh, is a good heart, and a good heart produces a crop. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's looking for. I, and I think the, the overall uh, charge from Jesus comes in verse 18, when uh, this relates back to that Isaiah passage, I think, as well, where he says, Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has been given will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. So that's a that's a solemn charge. You know, Mike, I'm, I'm thinking about what you said just a few moments ago about how this farmer, maybe it was foolish, but he was faithful in sowing the seed. You know, mm-hmm. that's our job, isn't it? To sow that seed regardless of the kind of soil, because we never know how that soil is going to be turned over in the future. Yeah, underneath that that uh, thin surface that may seem unproductive, we can never tell how rich the soil is. Mm. And so we do. We need to go out there and find those good hearts and sow the seed of God's Word into them. Rich lessons, as always, from the Word of God here in the studio with Michael Card. Well, Michael, most of our guests here in the studio come to us from right in the community here of Franklin, Tennessee, but we have made an exception from time to time, and today is one of those exceptions. Yeah, Bob Bakke is with us, a, a longtime friend and someone that I admire so much uh, for his ministry, and uh, we were talking about prayer this morning, and, and uh, he's got me so fired up. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> Bob, welcome in the studio with us. Well, I, I thank you. I, I appreciate being an exception. Dr. Bob Bakke is one of the executive directors of the Evangelical Free Church of America. He's also the executive executive producer of the nationally broadcast Concert of Prayer, something you and I have both had a part in from time to That's time. That's right, Michael. in so Chicago. We're delighted to have Bob here. And we had a, a delightful time with the Empty Hands Fellowship earlier this morning before we sat down to do our program. And more about that later, because we're going to actually bring some of our brothers from the Empty Hands Fellowship into the studio in a few minutes, and we're going to pray together. So we look forward to that. It's going to be great. Bob, it was your first time to be with the Empty Hands this morning. What do you think? I, well, I just I just lo- love to be on a, a fly on the wall and uh, and listen and see what what is what God is doing. Um, I, I rejoice at the uh, reconciliation among the races and among the denominations. This is an idea that God has placed in the heart of man. Uh, it didn't come out of the flesh. Mm-hmm. So I just I, I I praise God for that. We want to learn all we can learn about prayer, about a concert of prayer, and we want to spend the second half of our program today in prayer with a group of friends and brothers who are going to come to the studio. But before we do all of that, let's uh, turn to Michael here, Bob, who sings so well, as you know. Uh, he has a song that was written for the National Day of Prayer, wasn't That's it, That's right. It's the only song that was ever written for a committee. <laughs> <laughs> by you. Right. There have many songs written by a committee. <laughs> right, but for a committee, right. right. Michael Card, right here in the studio, and Heal Our Land. And hearts to understand that you alone 
Second Chronicles 7.14, If My People. Michael Card here in the studio with his song, Heal Our Land. And Dr. Bob Bakke is with it. Bob, what is a, a concert of prayer? Well, it was a curious thing to me when I first heard it. It was back in 1988 when I attended my first out of a church in Flushing, Queens. A young man by the name of David Bryant was leading it. And I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with David's ministry. Mm-hmm. And in attending one, I, I, I thought, well, this is, this is something new. This is something fresh. This is something uh, uh, dynamic, uh, um, avant-garde kind of thing, uh, only to find out that uh, not only is it not new, uh, it's as old as the church. Hmm. Uh, in, in this whole idea of prayer, Wayne, I, I just want to start with this thought, that fundamentally we need a, a conversion uh, within our own beings uh, with, with regard to the whole subject of prayer. Because it, it's, it's simply this, that the whole ministry of the whole gospel is dependent upon uh, the Holy Spirit. In fact, the whole ministry of the whole gospel is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is in us. It's through us. It's, um, but it's all to him. It's all from him. So the glory of Christ is at the heart of all of this. And uh, it, it um, transcends the... Uh, the glory of man. Uh, the, uh, the word concert in, con- in the word concert of prayer refers to um, Jesus' teaching in Matthew 18 with regard to agreement. Uh, Jesus in the 18th chapter, the 19th verse of Matthew said, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. The word agree is the word symphoneo, from which we get the word symphony. But the word symphony doesn't refer to the, the, the glorious music or, or hum, harmonics that are produced uh, by musicians. It goes to the cause, the essence, out of which harmony can be produced. That is, if, we, if Michael's in, in the studio uh, with a group of musicians, there are fundamental agreements that they have to make to produce good music. Mm-hmm. One of them is the score. They have mm-hmm. to agree to play the same score. <laughs> now, all of us have been in a, in a symphony orchestra uh, where everyone's playing every, anything that they want to play, and that's called the warm-up, and, mm-hmm. but no one will, will, will pay money to, to hear that warm-up. I've also been to elementary school band concerts, so go. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, the, so the fundamental agreement is we're going to play the same score, but, uh, but after that, then we're going to have to agree who's going to lead this thing, uh, the timing of it, the, the, the rest. So once those agreements have been established, then we can produce something that people will buy or some people that will come to listen to. So the word concert goes to the issue of, of agreement. And Jesus said quite simply that if two of you would agree or three of you, just a small group, God will grant you anything you ask for. This is a remarkable promise. And it goes to the whole issue of the church itself. Uh, that is, the church gathered uh, is remarkably powerful. The context of Matthew 18 has to do with a discipline issue within the church. Uh, one person has offended another. Uh, Jesus says, you go to that person one-on-one and, uh, and resolve this issue. But if that doesn't work, then take someone else, a witness. And if that doesn't work, then go to the church. And it's in this context, then, when he talks about the church, that Jesus remarks about this, this uh, uh, profound authority and power that the church gathered has within its grasp. Now, not only is the issue uh, uh, regarding asking, um, but the, the issue also brings with it a promise that God will grant us whatever we ask for in agreement— but also Jesus will manifest himself personally in the midst of the asking. <laughs> That's the mystery, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it is the mystery. And it's a, it's a manifest presence. It's a display of his presence that is not promised, that is unique to the gathering of the saints uh, than to our own personal prayer lives. So this is where the word concert comes from. Uh, with regard to the movement of the, of the concerts of prayer specifically, it was really born out of, the, out of the heart and mind of Jonathan Edwards in the 1740s, but put into play by uh, cor- uh, people corresponding with him from central Scotland, Campbellslong, Scotland, in fact. And it is there in the heart of Scotland that these concerts of prayer began. 
for two principal agreements. One, that, the, that, the, that Christ would pour out his grace upon the church and revive true religion wherever mm-hmm. it is practiced. And secondly, that he would extend his kingdom to the ends of the earth. For these two principal agreements then, these concerts of prayer were born. And over the next 150 years, these prayer concerts were, were established and promoted throughout the Christian world. And, and an explosion of grace in history and across the face of the earth was the result. Uh, quite remarkable, and I was stunned by it all. So prayer has always been the priority of the church, but even in our own recent history, and I say recent, 200 years ago, right. it was a very critical priority within the body of Christ. Well, the stories that come out of the Great Awakening are amazing. Right. Pr- jails closing down because they ha- didn't have prisoners anymore, or, or prisoners forming choral societies and, and singing the gospel and, and uh, bars closing down because no one went there anymore. I mean, the stories are amazing, and it was all... A I think, wasn't it a result of this movement? Oh, yeah. And the heart of it was a grand vision of Christ reigning upon the earth and pouring out his grace. Uh, Even a more powerful one than the Great Awakening was the Second Great Awakening uh, of 1800. And it is out of that that Great Awakening, when, when the people of God put their minds together to envision what history would look like with Christ reigning upon it, then all kinds of dreams came into existence. Uh, the abolition, abolition of slavery right. came out of this, this, uh, this women's suffrage. I mean, what men would come up with that idea on their own? <laughs> it, had to, it had to be the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, schools, the public school systems, mm-hmm. and, uh, insane asylums, the first uh, hospitals for the, um, for the mentally ill. So it, this, all this all, movement of prayer has literally shaped who we are oh, as a yes. people today. It's well, interesting when you read le- uh, Civil War letters, mm-hmm. they sound so spiritual on both sides. Yeah. And, and I've heard that it's a result of that Second Great Awakening. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, powerful, powerful move upon history. And, and the explosion of missions uh, happened during the, uh, this uh, Second Great Awakening as well. Mm-hmm. But can that survive today in light of modernism and all that we're going through and the shift in culture? Can, can it be as oh. impactful today, Bob? Well, th- this is, and this is where our ignorance of history comes in because there have been many, many dark days in the history of the church and in the history of the American church. The 1780s uh, and 90s were a terrible time uh, for the American church. There were, there were plagues in the land people dying of smallpox and other kinds of diseases. There was, um, there was famine in the land, canker worms eating the crops and the prices of goods doubling and quadrupling. There was political um, instability. Uh, uh, there was um, uh, the Alien and Sedition Acts, the, the, the threat of French spies infiltrating like, like Al-Qaeda would, mm-hmm. would into mm-hmm. our culture today. Um, and there was a pirating of our goods off our own coast. There was two superpowers poised on our borders, ready to declare war at any moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was bankruptcy, essentially bankruptcy, the, the foreign exchange. We, didn't, we couldn't pay our bills, on and on. So the darker the things get, darker the, the, things the more get. we need to pray. And, and, the, and the confidence that regardless of how dark things get, and in fact the darker they get, the greater the confidence within the soul of the church that Christ is about to do the greatest thing he has ever done. And that confidence is growing in the breast of the church today. Let me ask a practical question. What does a concert of prayer look like? Well, it, it, can, it can look a lot like a lot of things, Michael. Um, but essentially, it comes to fundamental agreements. A, uh, that God is indeed worthy of being worshipped, uh, that he is that Christ, uh, the supremacy of Christ over all things is, is, to be, is to be our focus. And do we articulate those before we go into prayer? That's These right. Are the, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, or we do that in prayer, mm-hmm. actually. We agree in prayer. Uh, secondly, that we are fundamentally in need of Christ. We, we, we need to repent. We need Christ to wash our feet, as mm-hmm. it were. Thirdly, that Christ is responsible for all his, his actions upon the earth. His glory rests in his own power so that he must be summoned. And lastly, that we must commit ourselves to being the answers to the prayers that we pray. Hmm. In other words, there's, there's no sense in praying prayers and asking God to do stuff that we're not willing to be the vessels through which he is going to answer those prayers. Right. Hmm. So those fundamental agreements right. um, are, are all part of that. In just right. a few moments, we're going to take a break. And during that time, we're going to invite our brothers from the Empty Hands Fellowship into the studio here, a few of them anyway, into the studio here. And we're going to have a, a 
sort of a concert of prayer. Mm-hmm. It's not just to model prayer, Bob. We actually will be praying together with listeners all over the country, won't uh, we? Yeah, and, and, and this, is, this is the unique treasure of our generation, that in, in such a moment, uh, we're not just simply a few, few people in a room. Uh, but that we can really unite our hearts through wherever these prayers are heard. Oh, we can't wait. Mm. Well, in just a few moments, we're going to take a break. And during that time, Michael, we're going to invite our friends, a few of our friends from the mm-hmm. Empty Hands Fellowship into the studio. Now, who will be joining us? We have some of the brothers here. Again, it is, it's not all, but some very special brothers. The studio uh, couldn't hold them all. No, no, they couldn't. Uh, Hewitt Sawyers is here, who's a wonderful pastor here. He, he and Bill Lane were very, very mm. close before... Uh, Bill uh, went to be with the Lord. Uh, Lynn Owens is here, who has a wonderful ministry. Um, uh, uh, Richard Wallace is here, who is a, a, a retired uh, gentleman who retired to pray. Hmm. His his full time job now is is to pray. So Richard will be with us. Dr. Ben Johnson is with us, who. Uh, uh, one of the first black teachers at Moody, so that's his connection with Moody, a man who uh, debated uh, Malcolm X in Chicago. I mean, uh, I'm very proud of Ben's uh, past. I sort of live vicariously through his past. And then my closest friend, uh, Scott Rowley, is here. And so uh, you'll hear all of their voices. I think I got everybody. It's quite a group, and they're ready to pray in our second half of the program. But before we take a break, I want to remind you that if you want to get in touch with us, you can send your email to studio at michaelcard.com. Your comments and Bible questions are always welcome. And for more information about Michael's music and teaching ministry, join us on the web at www.michaelcard.com. In just a few minutes, we'll return for our concert of prayer. It's coming up here on the Moody Broadcasting Network. Welcome back in the studio today. We're about to enter into a time of prayer here. Michael, thank you for the invitation to our brothers from the Empty Hands Fellowship to be with us here today. Uh, Wayne, these are all men who, who walk together and love each other and pray together, and it is a real privilege to have each and every one of them here, and especially you, Bob. Thanks for, for being You are now an, an official Empty Hands <laughs> member. Well, I feel empty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's just, Michael, okay, just to turn things over to Dr. Baki here, and let's just have a time of prayer together. Well, as we stated in the last segment, uh, we're going to have a a time where we agree on certain very fundamental things. We're going to start off by agreeing that Christ is supreme over his church and over all of history, and we're just simply going to adore him. We're going to worship him. We're not going to ask him anything. We're just simply going to praise him for who he is. Then we'll slide into a time where we express our need of him. Uh, We will confess that we are are weak and sinful, and we'll, we'll turn from uh, our sins, and uh, our hearts will become contrite and, and, and humble. And then we're, going, then we're going to dream with him. Then we're going to ask him to come and, and to pour out his grace. Uh, John Wesley said of, of, the, uh, of the teachings of Christ, uh, essentially it's this, the kingdom of God, the rule of the kingdom is to ask. The rule of the kingdom is to ask. God is sovereign but he has sovereignly commanded us to ask of him that we might receive. So we're going we're gonna to dream with God, and we're going to ask him to fulfill those dreams, dreams born in the scriptures. And lastly, then, we're going to commit ourselves to being the answers to the prayers that we pray. Uh, so we're not going to pray something that we, will, we refuse to be obedient to, that, that we're not going to be the vessels to, to answer this prayer. We're going to say, Lord, all that we have said, all that we have uh, asked you to do, Use us. Here we are. Uh, take us uh, and, and do whatever you please. So the first segment of our praying is going to be the, the adoration of Christ and just, just simply worshiping him. And if we can just focus our minds on the audience of heaven where the throne of heaven is surrounded by the praises of his people. Salvation belongs to our God, they cry, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And now let's worship him, this lamb who is supreme. Let's pray. We praise you. We worship you, Jesus. You're the image of the invisible God. You're the firstborn over all creation. Lord Jesus, we're overwhelmed as you think 
of you personally. You came to earth. We love you. Mm. We adore you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus. How we praise you, Lord. We thank you so much for your love and the peace that you have given us. The understanding, Lord. Just be with us and be gracious unto us. Touch our hearts. Let us be humble towards you in Jesus' name. Thank you. Oh, Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. That's right. That's right. Our Father, we bless you today. Yes. We bless you because of the manifold blessings you have bestowed upon us through the person of your Son, Jesus Christ. We're thankful today because he is worthy. He's the only one that has been found worthy. That's right. And Lord, right. we must praise him because he has been the rule of our lives. He now continues to be the rule. And so, Lord, we give him praise and we lift his name. We give him glory because at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue shall confess. Bless you, our Father. And Lord, we see the end of history. We see Christ reigning over the nations of the earth. We see him in all of his splendor, his eyes like fire, his countenance like lightning, his feet like burnished bronze, and his voice like many waters, speaking uh, truth, speaking grace to the nations. And no longer will we need the sun. It will be the glory of Christ reigning over us. And we picture that now in full confidence that all of history is heading toward Christ our Savior. And we glory in that, in Jesus' name. Lord, as we pray, we see Jesus. And we do, we worship before him, we we bow before him. Uh, He is supreme. Uh, He is sufficient. The gospel, the good news of his death on the cross, his resurrection, right. substituted That's for right. my, for our personal mm. death. That's right. The death that we owe you is, is overwhelming to us. Your spirit communicates it to us even now, yes. um, that we are sinners saved by your grace. Mm. But not just alone, but together here in this room, but in this earth. And uh, Lord Jesus, we are connected because of who Jesus is. You hold us together. We thank you that even now your supremacy is real, um, that we can appeal to you and to you alone. You're the only one that gives worth to our lives, and you alone are to be praised. That's right. Thank you, Father. Bless you. God, we bless you, Lord, because you are our majesty, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. There is no one like you, God. There is no one who has blessed us the way you have, Lord. And God, we bless you. We magnify you, Lord. Mm. You alone are worthy of praise. Mm. God, we appreciate and love you because you have first loved us, God. That's right. And we magnify you, Lord. You have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. (laughs) And Lord, by your exceedingly great and precious promises, we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, God. So we Mm. thank you, God. We thank Thank you, Lord, for the move of the Holy Spirit, Lord, the one who walks alongside of us, God. We adore you, and we want to love you right. as you have loved us. Right. And having, having adored him these past five minutes, uh, we're reminded that for the next five million years, we're going to adore him in like manner, mm-hmm. and we will never run out of things right. to, to praise him for. It is our eternal calling to worship him in such ways. But we're going to turn our hearts now toward our need of cleansing, our need to turn from what we do normally in the flesh and ask God to fill us. And from the petition and the cry of of David after he had sinned with Bathsheba, we read, Mm -hmm. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from sin. Lord, for the next few moments, we will agree that we are in need of Christ and his mercy. Lord, we thank you for coming to earth. We need your righteousness. We need your peace. We need your compassion. And Lord, we say, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Lord, you are our life. You are our all-sufficiency. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. 
Lord Jesus, I have uh, presumed Mm -hmm. and taken for granted uh, Mm -hmm. your forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, forgive me for that. Uh, Wash me all over again. Lord Jesus, I I invite you to come and wash my feet with the water of your word. So needy am I and so needy are my brothers. Mm -hmm. Forgive us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we come now acknowledging our weaknesses, but understanding also that where we're weak, we know that thou art strong. That's right. Father, we thank you for the words you allowed John to pen when he said that if we will confess our sins, uh, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you. Father, we open ourselves to you now. We expose the deepest recesses of our minds and our thoughts to you. Not, Father, because we feel that we can do it, but we we know that you have an all-seeing eye and you know what we stand in the need of. Right now, O oh God, we ask you to cleanse us with hyssop, That's Lord, right. and make us white as snow. Yes. Jesus, you said that there were two great commands, to love God with all of our being and to love uh, my neighbor as myself, as ourselves. And I confess to you today that I have neither loved you with all of my being as I should, nor have I loved my neighbor. And I ask you, O Lord, uh, to forgive me and to wipe away that guilt and to, to... Uh, pour into me the love of God, the love for God, and the love for my neighbor. I pray for the issues of of race and division. I pray for the issues of violence and of sin that is breaking out all across our world just now. But Lord, what is breaking out, for example, in the Middle East, or what drove people into the World Trade Centers last fall, resides in my heart too. That anger, that bitterness, that hatred. And I ask you, O Lord, to cleanse it in Jesus' name. Father and God, we're listening to your word as you tell us that if we claim to be without sin, then we've deceived ourselves and the truth isn't in us. If we do confess our sin, that you're faithful and just to forgive us. Uh, The the, the truth of the gospel is remarkable. Um, And I pray specifically and uh, repent And uh, I want you to know, Jesus, how sorry I am for contributing to the sins we've just prayed for, Mm -hmm. sins of racism, Mm -hmm. uh, sins of division, of of actually acting like I know more than anyone else, really harboring my own own self-centeredness, really acting out of insecurity, um, trying to please people to make them like me, um, rather than coming before you in the gospel, the only one that can give value. Um, so well demonstrated in the cross that you died for me and for us. Um, And so, Father, I pray for forgiveness. Um, I thank you for my brothers um, where you've told me there's a safe place where I can actually say these things to you and to them. And uh, where the love of Christ abounds um, over the darkest and the deepest sins um, that are still in my heart. And so I pray for this cleansing and for this time now to worship you as Savior, as uh, the one who forgives uh, all for your glory. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Father. Lord, for the sins that we commit time and time again, God, we need you. That's right. God, we thank you, Lord, that we can come to you. Hallelujah. Lord, that there is grace and mercy to help in time of need, God. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we stand here as needy individuals, Lord. And we confess that to yeah. you, God. Help us, Lord. Help us, Father. Help our minds, Lord. Help us to grasp the truth of your word, Jesus. Yeah. Lord, we don't want to offer resistance to you, God. Right. That's right. Right. Lord, our mindsets, Lord, those strongholds, Lord, yeah. those things that keep us locked mm. into destructive patterns, right. God. We right. need freedom, Jesus. Right. Yes. Thank you. Free us, Lord, in our minds, Lord, in our innermost being, God. Right. right. Help us, God, to be what you want us to be, Jesus. Lord, forgive us, Lord, in those times where we have ignored our families, God. Lord, where we have have not treated our wives, Lord, as sensitively and as lovingly as we should. God, help us, God. Lord, our children, Lord, help us to pour into their lives, God. Lord, we don't want to be so busy, God, that we ignore (laughs) what you, Jesus, have given us, Lord, our first ministry, 
and our homes, God. So help us. Thank you, Father. Help in us your Lord. name we pray. Bless and uh, we have confessed just a portion of mm-hmm. that which um, we are guilty of. And our sins are no greater than, than our neighbor mm-hmm. in, in all likelihood. Yes. And, but, the, but the lot of man is common, and we are guilty of that. Yeah. But now we're going to move mm. to dream with Christ mm-hmm. what Christ mm-hmm. would want to accomplish through us. Right. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and God placed all things under his, that right. is, Christ's feet, right. and appointed him to be head over mm-hmm. everything for the church, mm-hmm. which is his body, right. the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. We're going to pray prayers of fullness. Mm-hmm. What would it look like mm-hmm. if Jesus filled both his church mm-hmm. and filled all things in every way? We will dream with Christ now in our praying. Father, it does not yet appear as to what we shall be. (laughs) Father, we love you today. And Lord, as we look through your eyes, Lord, we know that the pains and the sorrows that we endure right now will not last always. We thank you, Lord, that we see that you're going to continue to bind up broken hearts. That's right. That you're going to continue to mend families that have been broken. We thank you, Lord, that we can see that churches will not be divided along racial or color lines. That's right. We thank you, Lord, that we see that neighborhoods will no longer be divided based on economic uh, prowess. But Lord, we are thankful that even when we come to our churches, that Lord, that we will be able to stand before you equally. And we thank you for it, O God. We love you for the hope that we have that is only in you. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for letting us find favor. And thank you for letting us know that it does not yet appear again, Father, as to what we shall be. Hallelujah. Thank you. Lord, uh, we are humbled when we think of Mark chapter 3, verse 35, when Jesus said that, if you obey me, you are my brother my sister, my mother. Mm. And, oh, God, it's mm. our prayer that as we look at each other as American Indian, as black, as white, as Hispanic, as mm. Chinese and Portuguese, as Indian, German, and French, <laughs> that it's no hesitation because we are both equal with to be the brother of Jesus Christ. Right. You are our father. And right. Christ right. is our elder brother. Mm. That we all over the world there will be no hesitation in embracing each other because mm-hmm. we are indeed mm. the brother of Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm. And our wives and daughters, mothers are also the sister of Jesus Christ, the mother. Lord, mm-hmm. I pray mm. that this will be like an explosion throughout the world that we look beyond our hesitation right. Thank you for to go each for other goodness. brother. Those who are in China who are in persecution and throughout the world. Oh, Jesus, (laughs) may we have the freedom and the strength to look at each other as brother intimately. Father, we just are reminded of Galatians 5 (laughs) and finding the the freedom, the, the freedom that Christ gave to us on the cross and through his death. He eliminated all sin for yeah. those who believed in him. And through that mm-hmm. sin, uh, the release of the sin, we have found freedom and love for one another. Mm-hmm. And through our forgiveness of others and our confession of our yes. sins, mm-hmm. there again we have found the greatest mm-hmm. gift of all, which is the gift of love for mm-hmm. our fellow men, you, our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Christ. Thank you, Father. God, I pray, Lord, for our government, Jesus. Lord, what we learn from you, God, is that you are going to institute a righteous government. Mm. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, even now for our governors, Lord, and our mayors and our senators, God, and Mm -hmm. the entire governmental system, God, that you would move, Jesus, that you would give them a heart for the people, Lord. Mm -hmm. 
God, we know that you have instituted government, Jesus, and that it is designed to function as you would have it to function. So, Lord, I pray even now, Lord, that you would give wisdom, that you would give a heart of compassion to those who are in leadership, God, that they can do the right thing, Lord, and that they would not do for themselves, Lord, that they would not be self-serving, Lord, but rather, God, that they would be other-centered, that they would govern, Lord, and seek to institute peace, (laughs) and that justice really would roll down, God. I thank you. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Our Father, we are concerned that Jesus would like to see less brutality, abuse of children throughout the world. That's right. And the awful sexual activity going on in Africa with a little baby that's nine months old. Oh, God, touch our hearts. Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I come before you right now thanking you that homes will no longer be broken, divorces will not be so rampant, and that children will be obedient to their parents. Lord, we see it in the perfect light of your holiness. Thank you, O oh God. Yeah, Father, our hearts are just amazed at how you love us as a parent and you care for us so deeply. We do pray for um, mothers who are single parents that uh, have children um, who are in need. I pray for the church to to re- embrace Right. And put arms around right. um, drug addicts, um, people that ha- are saying that they want to do the right thing but can't or right. or uh, desire to stop doing something but cannot. Right. And I pray for uh, a time when these kinds of addictions are broken, mm-hmm. when uh, hearts are lifted, um, mm-hmm. and the church uh, loves. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And, Father, with regard to addictions, we, we just can't. Uh, not pray for the, the sexual addition, yeah. addictions that are rampant throughout yeah. not only the, not only culture but yeah. the church itself, yeah. and even even on the headlines yeah. uh, every day. And so, Father, we pray for the grace of Christ to be poured out mm-hmm. right. uh, upon the minds of Christians right. that we might be pure and stand pure, right. and and right. that you would sweep away right. in, in the grace of Jesus right. uh, these um, these sins of of, of sexual nature, yeah. Lord Jesus. Yeah. Lord, for every person, God, that is addicted to drugs, Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, that, that they would find themselves hungering and thirsting after you, Jesus. Thank you, And your righteousness, God, knowing that you fill. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you would just send relief, God, as only you can. To, Lord, to this situation, God, that has so gripped us. God, that you would heal, Lord, that you, God, would deliver. In your name, Jesus. Yes, Lord. And Lord Jesus, I would pray uh, that you would break the the, the strongest, darkest, uh, most vile addiction, and that is people all over this country who are addicted to religion Mm -hmm. that you have no place in, Mm -hmm. people who uh, are are addicted to self-righteousness. Lord, and I'm the first one, people who are addicted to self-righteousness that is not the righteousness that comes from you alone through your shed shed blood. Lord, what what sort of a dream would it look like if if all of that power mm-hmm. and wealth and 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 position right. that are held by so many of us who who are who have this particular addiction, if that addiction were broken and, and we were completely free to just love Thank you and serve you, Lord Jesus, I pray for that. And lastly, let's let's just offer a few prayers. Uh, Isaiah stood before the throne and, and beheld God. And then God said, who shall we send? And Isaiah said, send me. So for the prayers that we have prayed today, Lord, we offer ourselves to be instruments in your hands, to be the answers to the very things that we asked for. Would a couple of us just pray for that? Lord, Tozer said this, Lord, glorify yourself at my expense. (laughs) Oh, God, cause us to take time to think that through. And make that promise with fear and trembling. Father, we thank you even now for the suffering because in it, it uh, drives us to you. And we desire to be men who would lay our lives down um, in whatever fashion. And it is frightening at times because of my unbelief. And so I just pray for faith to trust you. And we really do pray, not our will, but thine be done. That's right. So give us courage. 
Give us boldness. Mm. Give us humility. Uh, mm. Teach us in the gospel. And, uh, Lord, take us where you will. God, from whom all blessings flow, raise him all creatures conclusion to an incredible time of prayer and worship here in the studio with Michael Card. It's our desire that God would use these weekly visits to deepen your relationship with the Lord. If that's happening in your life, why not take a moment and let us know. Send your email to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. And if you feel the need to go deeper in the truths we've been talking about, why not check out the other resources that are available for you online? When you come to www.michaelcard.com, you'll find out how you can become a member of the community. you want to see the new Bible study materials that are in the works, as well as the music, books, and videos that are already available for you. It's all just a few clicks away at michaelcard.com. Our program engineer is Kenny Ferris, and our producer is Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for being with us in the studio with Michael Card. In the Studio with Michael Card is a production of The Card Group and the Moody Broadcasting Network.